Before we get started, there's something I'm really excited to share with you. It's no secret that we think diversifying your income is incredibly important. One way that we do it is by investing in rental properties. We've done a ton of research, interviewed experts, and invested over $100,000 of our own money in income-producing rental properties. I am proud to announce that we're launching Rental Properties for Passive Investors. It's a course on exactly how you can passively invest in rental properties. Like our podcast, it's incredibly actionable and details exactly how we've both purchased and managed our rental properties. It also includes a year of investable, the analysis tool we use to make sure the rental properties we purchase are actually profitable. Finding the deal is half the battle. You need to know your numbers to make a profitable investment. We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors. Shh, listen. Money Matters. Prepare yourself for the Listen Money Matters podcast, the only podcast that Dave Ramsey listens to, we assume. For more information, visit listenmoneymatters.com. And now, here are your hosts, Matt and Andrew. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. My name is Matt Givanisi, and with me, as always, is Garth. I mean, Andrew. (laughs) Andrew, what's up, bud? Hey, how's it going, man? (laughs) So uh, today we have a guest and a co-host with us. His name is Caleb Wojcik. Caleb, how are you today? Doing good, and I actually just watched Wayne's World, so I, Did you I was just get that. I got that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping it didn't go over your head because it's one of those obscure references. Right, right. Uh, so for uh, for those of you who don't know who Caleb is, he's a filmmaker, he's a podcaster, he's an author, he's an online entrepreneur. You do you do it all. It's just different titles. There's no like one word to like lump all that stuff in. Maybe entrepreneur. Unless you use the word like entrepreneur or like I create content, which is just that sounds boring. Publisher. Publisher. Right? That's the new word, right? Uh, So he's best known for his work with uh, Fizzle.co, where Andrew and I actually met. Mm -hmm. So thank you for creating Fizzle, or else this show wouldn't exist. That's good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, It's cool to see all, like, the connections that happen in there. Yeah, definitely. And um, he has his own website, which is CalebLogic.com, and it's formerly known as PocketChange.com. And Mm -hmm. if you want to check out Caleb's website, I'm going to have to spell it for people. So it's C-A... Actually, if you go to Caleb W... Dot com it redirects ah so if you like give up at the first letter of my last name yeah just dot com, then it takes you to and that's why i'll never have my own personal donate domain name because it's matthew Givanisi. it's like 10 what 17 letters i'm like no forget it no yeah. one's gonna know how to spell Givanisi. but uh yeah so you um caleb has this podcast uh with a guy named chase reeves and corbett bar called fizzle uh which i listen to Every Friday, like as soon as it comes out, I'm actually woken up by a, a <laughs> beep on my phone. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I'll be honest. I didn't listen to this Friday's yet. It's like, it's on a back burner right now, but I'm, I'm getting there. I listened to like the first like 10 minutes, but I haven't finished it yet. So I'm sorry. I, I had to say the last one that came out, I was so happy you brought up Cobblestoner. I was like <laughs> cracking up as I was walking to work. I thought that was like the funniest shit ever. So yeah. <laughs> so there's at- so many inside jokes. I think we need a wiki. Like, dude, someone that would needs be... to make a wiki of just all the references and jokes and stuff. Someone needs to do that. That would be, all, you know what? New project. <laughs> Something to do. First one. <laughs> definition. Waj bomb. Waj bomb. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, we're going to talk about small business finances today. And if you have a small business uh, or if you're looking to start one, I, I do suggest you check out Fizzle and the Fizzle Show on the uh, iTunes directory. I guess you guys are on Stitcher as well for those Android users out there. And I'll, of course, include a link in the show notes at listenmoneymatters.com. Um, but I just basically want to ask, and, and Andrew's popping open a beer right now. And, and Caleb, if you have a drink, feel free to drink and go nuts and curse. Well, I usually do with the Fizzle Show. So yeah, what do you, it's you, like half and half, you know. So. What do you guys drink on the Fizzle Show? Uh, Chase usually makes a cocktail of some sort. Um, when they were recording together in San Francisco, they yeah. did uh, Fernet and Mexican Coke a lot of times, or they'd make Negronis. Um, but Old man drinks. I have no idea what either of those are. Is these, like, is one a Cuba Libre? Is that one of them? Uh, no, Cuba Libre is... Uh, is it a Coke? Diet, and I think. It's like oh. a rum and Coke. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, a Negroni is an Italian cocktail. And then... But yeah, that one is like an old school cocktail. And then the Fernet and Coke is like a hipster you know bartender or you are bartender kind uh-huh. of thing like you ask for a fernet and it, then that means it's a nice bar and you should talk to chase about it sometime he, I, I will <laughs> but, but he, he knows much more than i do uh i, I try to keep it simple on my you own. know what and i think next time we do a podcast i'm going to drink a flip and just blow everybody's mind i talked about it on another show where it's just uh beer rum uh orange marmalade and a cracked raw egg and you just you shake it <laughs> with ice so- it was so good, though. It tastes like a chocolate milkshake. It's awesome. Um, so besides drinking and, and the <laughs> podcast and, and uh, small business stuff, we're going to get to the to the to the core of this. Yeah. So you handle um, all the finances for your businesses, right? Yeah. So there's a mixture. So within Fizzle, mm-hmm. um, Corbett takes a lead on the accounting um, and the actual reporting and all that stuff. Together, him and I, for the last couple of years, we've been kind of doing like, um, so there, there's two parts to like money coming in. There's like when it actually comes in and then like when you get the emails and stuff and notifications. So for a while there, I was doing tracking of just like, okay, we we're getting notified, like we got payment on this day or if we made a sale, mm-hmm. whereas Corbett was doing the other side, which is, okay, when did it hit our bank account? So, so would that be accounts payable, accounts receivable? Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. Okay, uh, I know a little bit. Yeah, and so he he would do all the actual like st- stuff when it hit our bank account. Work with an accountant uh, up in the Bay Area and stuff like that. Gotcha. But like the forecasting stuff, we kind of did together. And partially, it's just on the same page. Okay, if we want to hit our revenue targets for the year, what kinds of things do we have to release, or what kind of affiliate stuff do we have to promote? Do we need to promote any? Are we good? Do we need to do any consulting or whatever? And so we've got a like we've been working on that for the last couple of years. Um, and sometimes Chase attends those. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, he always says he's a reader, not a mather. So right. he just his eyes glaze over when we talk about that stuff. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing with Fizzle. Um, but then my personal stuff, I've had both web design, um, video freelancing, um, some income from my own site in my own personal business too. Mm-hmm. And then my wife has a photography business, so that's a separate LLC with a separate bank account. Um, wow. So it's it's messy, but and I would say I'm probably not doing the best at like using this the right systems to track all of it and stuff, right. but I do have to track it each month and do taxes and all that stuff too uh, with the accountant. So. Now, see, I, I have a small business, and I pay my mm-hmm. taxes once a year. Do you pay them every quarter? 
Yeah, I pay quarterly estimated. Is that something that like somebody should do? Like, what's what's the benefit of doing it quarterly rather than annually? Or well, is there? I mean, if you're if you're not paying federal quarterly, sometimes you can get hit with fines because they expect you to be paying it quarterly based on your estimate of what you were doing last year. Um, I, I don't think they're super strict about it for smaller businesses, but like, like the bigger the business, if you sure. waited, like you you get by a big fine. Ah, um, uh, okay. I think so, I'm pretty tiny, so I'm not. I'm not too so, worried. About so that's it. why that's why you pay quarterly. Um, okay. Because you're required to, you're required to file that. When you when you set up for taxes as a small business or whatever, they mail you this thing that has four pieces of paper on it. It's like April fifteenth, uh, June fifteenth, oh. September fifteenth, January fifteenth. You know, I'm, I might have messed the months up, but sure, that sort of thing. Um, and it's like these are due then. So, and and that's like with LLCs. And I'm in California, so I don't know if it's different for different states or yeah, whatever. But yeah, uh, that's that's how we do it. We pay our quarterly taxes that way. And, and then it it also just gives you a ballpark of what you're going to end up paying at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I I do know some people that they'll make. Let's say they make hundred thousand one year, and they make two hundred thousand the next year. And they were just paying based on making a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. At the end of that second year, if you're not setting aside the thousands or tens of thousands of dollars that that would be, you're like, oh, I owe thirty or forty thousand dollars on my taxes or something. <laughs> you, you aren't prepared for. <laughs> so if you don't like, if you don't have that sitting in your checking account, um, it can be a problem. So that's why you want to pay it four times a year. And if you're working with an accountant that knows what they're doing, obviously they'll be paying it based on what you actually made right. in those three instead of what you were estimated to. So that's why you should do it. Um, as, as opposed to worked and I had a W-2 uh, back at Boeing, then right. it was just taken out all the time. It was taken out every two weeks. So right. I didn't really worry about it at all. So uh, I'm curious because I've never yeah. worked like with an accountant and I kind of like mm-hmm. dream that someone will do my taxes for me. <laughs> do, is it like they call you up and they're like, Caleb, you need to stop doing that because like you're, I mean, like how do they, how do you work with them? Just so once first, a year or? No, the first thing you'll do is you want to go find an accountant that's comfortable using whatever systems you use. So if you use QuickBooks or you use Zero uh, or you use just your own spreadsheets or whatever, you can find an accountant that uses those same systems and that'll help so that you don't have to learn a system and oftentimes they don't really want to have to learn another one either. Um, I see. So you, you would go and you meet with your accountant initially. Um, I've actually always worked with family members that are accountants. My, like when I was in business school, I just did it myself when I wasn't making much money during the summer. Mm-hmm. Then I worked a little bit with my brother-in-law, who's a corporate accountant. Um, and now we work with my mother-in-law, who is an accountant and has been for a long time. So I, have, I haven't actually worked and sought out an actual accountant, but I've talked with people that have, and so I know the process. So you go and meet with them. The first time, you'll probably do a rundown of all your accounts, all your different kinds of income, stuff like that. And then it's not a bad idea if you have a company that's you know making a decent amount of money to have the accountant do monthly um, monthly like accruals and figuring out what mm-hmm. your taxes are and stuff like that, or at least every three months or so. I mean, you're obviously going to pay them for their time. So if right, you right. can do the monthly stuff just to make sure that like okay, everything's been paid or hasn't been paid, it's all categorized correctly, um, then you can save some money on your accountant's time at the price that they bill. So, 
Unlike the thought of monthly, you know, uh, with Fizzle, I'm assuming you guys are, are growing. So each month you're hopefully making more money. Like this amount that you set aside, how do you kind of handle that? Do you have like your separate like tax money bank account and you kind of put it over there? Like how do you? Or is it just all done in spreadsheets or whatever tools that you use? Do you give it to your accountant? Maybe he kind of holds it, you know? Um. I mean, it sits in bank accounts until the tax payments have to be made. Mm -hmm. But it also depends on what kind of organization you have. I mean, we have, I think we have an S-Corp. Okay. And so we have an S-Corp that pays the three of us as employees. Um, So then the company just has some money in the bank account at all times for that kind of thing. But yeah, like you're saying, if if your revenue keeps going up... um, but it also has to do with expenses too. So if you're paying employees or you're buying equipment or uh, going to conferences and have to pay travel and stuff, then that can offset whatever your company has to pay in taxes too. So it just gets, this is why you have to have an accountant. If, you, if you're starting to have employees, if you're starting to have different uh, forms of structure for your companies, like how I've been an independent contractor for fizzle and like video work I did with Pat Flynn and some other random video and web work that I've done. Mm-hmm. That's all uh, 1099s that I'm getting. Um, mm. So I have a bunch of 1099s at the end of the year and I have to put all those into doing my taxes. That's your personal taxes though, right? Yes. Okay. Um, but then my wife has an LLC, so we run stuff through the LLC right. and then we file very jointly. So if you, it's just so confusing, like honestly. And <sighs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I even used to, I used to fill out tax returns for people when I was in college just as a volunteer. Oh, that had to be a fun volunteer job. (laughs) (laughs) But it was on my resume. It was like a volunteer income tax association or something. And we had so many students at Michigan State that studied abroad that they would come in and they have like, I don't know how to do this at all. But it was fairly simple because it was like, oh, you're from a different country. All this money is coming from the school to work at the lab or at a job or whatever. And you, you know, you keep all of it basically. Um, I don't know why that was what I volunteered to do, but what? that was what I did. And, and <laughs> so I started own. to learn it a little bit right. then. But even now, I don't even try to do my own taxes. And taxes even is doing personal finance for so long. Right. You know. And taxes is one thing. I mean, that's, and I, I imagine it's a very important thing, something I don't follow very mm-hmm. closely and, or know nothing about. I do have an accountant, but I see him once a year. He enters a bunch of shit into a computer and he's like, all right, 250 bucks. See you later. Yeah. You know, but I'm not making, you know, I'm not making tens of thousands of dollars a a year. But um, as far as like the tools that you use to do your tracking on on all your businesses, what's your favorite? Um, I really like Xero, which is spelled with an X, X X-E-R-O. It's fairly inexpensive um, to have all your business accounting on there and stuff. But it has some features that are nice as a small business to do. Like you can have, um, there's a place for you to like upload your receipts. So you go to a trip, uh, like I just went to a conference and so I have receipts from that. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I just go take pictures of them. They'll upload them into Zero into our Fizzle Zero account or whatever. Right. And then they're right there. And they're, they can be attached to the charges that show up um, either for me being reimbursed if I use my own card or if they're on like a fizzle specific credit card or whatever. And so, this is web-based? Yeah, it's web-based entirely. Wow. Um, it's, 
I, I think of it as like a sexier version of QuickBooks, basically, because it's pretty heavy in the startup and entrepreneur community of people that end up using it. Corbett loves it, and that's why I started using it, and we're going to actually start using it for my wife's business in uh, the start of this year, cha- change over to that instead of doing uh, some of it manually or in Mint or something like that. Um, just kind of go, go pro on it a little bit. Sure. Like, okay, I'm going to pay a little bit a month and have better systems to track it. Um, the other cool things in there is like you can send invoices through it. You get like a certain number a month depending on what plan you're on. Right. So there's just some nice little things that as a small business, it's nice to be like, here's an invoice from my system with like my logo on it instead of like, oh, can you mail me a check for 20, 200 bucks or whatever? Right. You know, it's just a little bit more uh, professional too. Does it, does it, can you accept, and I don't want to talk about the software too much, but do you accept money through it? So like if we you do. send it, okay. So it's not I, a payment I think processing. You can, if you do invoices and stuff, like I was talking about, you can, but we don't okay. personally. Right. Well, that sounds. I mean, you used Mint before. So, here's here's my story of personal finance, basically in a nutshell. <laughs> when I was growing up, and when I was in college, I just tried to make as much money as I could doing like side jobs and stuff. And yeah. I almost always got paid in cash because I was a caddy for a long time. Then I worked at a yacht club, so I was just getting tips, like straight tips. Right. Um, and then I used to play poker when I was in high school. So then I would like double my money sometimes from that. And so I had all this cash and I would just like spend it on whatever. Unless my mom said, you need to pay this much money for this semester of college or whatever. Mm. And I would pay her that much money and I would just spend all the rest of it on electronics, uh, travel, whatever. Cap guns. So yeah, yeah. Right. So, so I did that <laughs> until, until I graduated college and until I got my first job. And then once I had my first job, it was in corporate finance. So all day I was in spreadsheets already. And on my lunch break, I would just have my own personal budget spreadsheet. And I would hand type in every single expense from whatever account it came into or left from. And I did that for two and a half years or so. Um, Not every single day, but almost every day I was at work, I would, you know, look at it. I was super into trying to get out of debt because I had like almost $30,000 of debt from student loans and yeah. the car loan and stuff. And I was reading Get Rich Slowly. I was reading The Simple Dollar. I was reading I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And mm-hmm. I was just trying to get out of debt because I knew that that would eventually help me get out of my job and go on and do other stuff. Right. So then once uh, I got married, I wanted a system that was less manual and I wanted something that my wife would use too. Um, and she would not use an Excel spreadsheet uh, <laughs> I don't blame her. and she still wouldn't. And I don't blame her. Yeah. Yeah. So I switched to Bint for better visibility. Um, but in all honesty, I think that I, you start to trust the automation of, Oh, it's all going to be in there or whatever. Right. And so you start to spend more, you start not to see your trends. You, you start missing when you're being overcharged. Maybe you cancel your gym membership and it's still going things like mm. that. So going into this next year, so I've done about two and a half years of like recording all manually. Mm-hmm. And I've done about two or so years in Mint. And then when it comes to taxes, just doing exports into spreadsheets and saving those for later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm swinging back towards either doing it manually or finding a system or some piece of software to do it um, outside of Mint. Um, and right now, the one I'm playing around with and trying with is called You Need a Budget. And it's a Mac piece of software. Okay, so it's something you download. Yeah, it's I think it's like based. 
60 or $80. Yeah, but then they have like a phone app so you can okay. stay in, in touch with it while you're on the go and stuff too. And that's just you're using for your, your personal finance stuff. Yeah, so I'll be using zero for my wife's business and then you need a budget or I'll go back to Excel spreadsheets, honestly. Just because I could do so much stuff with them. Um, right, and there's more flexibility. and Super flexible. Yeah. I had... Since I worked in corporate finance, I was just learning all these random hacks you could do. So I was running like pivot tables on my my loan payments and like stuff that was just not even necessary. How much time would you spend in the the spreadsheets? Uh, probably anywhere from like fifteen to thirty minutes a day, three to four times a week. So it's not, it's not that an bad. hour plus a week on it, yeah. but. But it kept me like I was super frugal. I saved a ton of money. Um, I lived well below my means. All these kind of stuff. When I was single, instead of like spending all this money that right. I didn't need. Um, well, because you were had to type it in every single. I I, I guess the yeah, less you spent, you didn't want to type it in. Guilt. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's an interesting <laughs> way to think of that. I'm sure there have been like some psychology studies on that. Like, yeah, the fact that you have to like write it all down. Or whatever, and you do get to see your mistakes or whatever. So, I had this one tab of the spreadsheet that was um, like my progress towards the day I wanted to leave my job, and so mm. I was saving up like a escape fund, basically. Like I wanted to get to a certain amount, and if you know, I bought like brand new speakers or I bought like a movie projector and stuff, which is stuff that I bought and I still have. Right. I I could see right there the negative reason why I didn't reach my goal or whatever. So I could just look through like the past couple years and be like, well, I would have more if I didn't do this, didn't do this. But then on the flip side, if I did something really well, like, okay, I've worked a bunch of overtime and I made up for the fact that I bought that stuff and then I got back on track. Um, Whereas if you just live your life and you don't track anything and you'd have no idea why you are where you are now That's true. or where you even want to be, then, you know, I think you're going to be better off if you are tracking it all, categorizing it all, having it visible in front of you. I have a question about uh, that escape fund. So I. I, I'm yeah. kind of going in that yeah. direction in, in my head. And uh, so, so my first question is like, how did you come up with the number? Like, what went into play in the decision and okay so it was a little different for me in the fact that and this was and you were married at this time or or not i got married a couple months before uh, okay but i'm I'm also married so i'm curious because that also factors into right right. yeah so it was a little different the fact that when i left boeing i had a recurring paycheck when i left boeing immediately so I, when I started working with Corbett, I had a salary. So I was getting paid twice a month. Um, so it was more like a step down instead of like a cliff of like sure. trying to build something back Do up. Do you know if I ask like, I don't think like an exact number, but like mm-hmm. maybe the percentage of your previous income, like you stepped into 20% of your, you know what I mean? Like if you're making like 5,000 now, you're right, making right. like So like, like straight salary, it was close. It was a little bit lower than what my straight salary was, but health insurance and retirement benefits and stuff, if you put that on top of what my job was before, like my whole benefits package or whatever, yeah. it was probably around 60 to 70% of that, um, but closer to like 80 or 90% of like my base salary. So, so it was a significant step down. And at that point, my wife left her job too. So I knew that we needed to have savings and I was glad I had been saving for a while. 
Um, but you, you, so you guys said you had more questions. Is like how much I saved? Like, is well, that- well, yeah. I, I think my I think what I'm what I would like to know is like what did you have like a month? Like basically, I need to save up, you know, six months of expenses so that I can leave my job. And and on on that, like, so six months and and just maybe all the thoughts that went around the number. And and even if yeah. you don't mind maybe sharing what that number was or something yeah. to give like a... And you yeah. know what? The only reason I want to uh, dive into this is because I'm sure a lot of people hate their jobs. I'm sure um, a lot of people want to start a side business and mm-hmm. don't really know when to make the transition. And I know this is kind of kind of going into the entrepreneurial like side of things. Mm-hmm. But if like I have a friend right now who uh, he, he has a side business, he has a job and he has a side business where he sells things on Amazon and he eventually wants it. He right now, he just wants it to make extra income. But yeah. what's the you know, what actually is the number for him to take that into a full time business where he can work from home? You know, he can have his wife work or whatever. He has his kid mm-hmm. now. And I think it's a good idea of like. Because I was always told six months. You should have a six-month cushion of, like, your living expenses before you jump ship. But in, in reality, I think it should be more like a year. Yeah, and it also depends on whether or not you're going to need money to invest into your company. True. So so my wife was starting a photography business around the same time that we left our job. And within the first 12 to 15 months of that, we spent upwards of probably $15,000 on camera uh, equipment right. and training and stuff like that. So take that into effect with what we saved. Um, so I saved up close to eight to 10 grand um, of my own money. And then I had stock that was vesting at this three-year term uh, for being in the company. So that was pre-tax a little over another 10 grand. Um, so living expense wise, I don't know what that was. We also went on a road trip for three months. So we were traveling. So our expenses were just completely random. Right. But it was, you know, if we would have just stayed in Seattle, stayed where we were, lived the same kind of lifestyle and not done anything crazy. It was somewhere between probably nine to 12 months. Okay. Yeah. I would think that's a long, that's a good, that's almost a year. I mean, it's a year. Yeah. To me, it was like it was more like the date. Like I knew I was getting this stock, so whatever I could save to that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful for the fact that this opportunity with Corbett came about, right. because I'm not sure what would have happened if I would have ran out of money or even had the cojones to leave my job <laughs> right. and to, to do this. So it's all just it's just there's a lot of different things at play, and there's never like if you don't have six months of a runway, then, you know, it's going to be easy. And then like, if you're married or if you have kids or if you have a mortgage, I mean, if you can move back home, you probably need one month or, or right, nothing, right. you know? Right. It's just, it depends on what risk you're willing to take and whether or not you're willing to have high credit card balances for a while or that's true to, to live, uh, live below your means as much as possible. Yeah. I had to, I had to like cut every, all of my living expenses by like, I don't know, 70% in order to jump ship, which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was worth it. Totally worth it. Cause the freedom just of working for yourself is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but it was scary at times. It is. And it's still scary at times. Cause you yeah. sometimes don't know if that money, I mean, 
your website could crash and <laughs> there could be like a month where you're just, it just had terrible income. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think, um, that's, that's a good, I think 12 months is good. Six months is scary having like, if I had a six, I didn't have any cushion, so I shouldn't even Yeah, I mean, talk. if you're, if you're starting a business where there are much in regards to expenses, if mm-hmm. you're doing like online business or, um, some sort of blogging or, um, you know, freelancing or something right. where you're not going to have to do a lot of investing. But if you're doing something like getting a storefront yeah. and having to pay rent on it or getting a bunch of equipment like my wife had to, you know, you need money for that too, unless you're going to take out a small business loan. Right. Okay, Caleb, another uh, a fizzle-ish question. So, because yeah. um, you were saying runway, and uh, I'm sure it costs you guys beyond hosting to get that up until the January in, in 2013 when mm-hmm, you launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of runway did you guys have for the business? Like what kind of spending went on there? Did you not really have to spend much to get it started? Or I mean, we there was there were three of us employee wise at that point. And I mean And no income. There, there was there was an existing company. There was Think Traffic. We had other products. We right. had other affiliate revenue. So we we were an existing company that we brought Chase on after he redesigned our site. Um, so then there were high expenses there, but we weren't beyond. We weren't spending more than you know what we were making each month already, right. um, which is important. And and then we launched it. You know, we launched it privately. And we only had it open for like two hours. We brought in 150 people in September. Then a couple months later in November, we opened it again for another little bit, brought in 200 more people while we were still building it and testing it and getting feedback and stuff. And then we launched it completely open to the public uh, indefinitely in January. So, you know, we worked on it from public to, you know, the very first piece of code we put into it. That was probably around five or six months, but we were letting people in paying us to like have access to it early. Mm-hmm. Um, and that did help like the extra few thousand dollars that that provided for those first few months until we got up there as well as it built, build momentum. We got feedback. Um, they became some of our biggest fans and members in there. So it runway is really a term used when you have you work for investors well, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you are a pilot right right um when you have investors and you're a startup and you aren't making jack you're not making anything and mm-hmm. this is how much money you have left until we're broke basically so you have we have 12 months until we have to figure out how to make money because right. then we're out of money that our investors gave us so right that's a little different than saying but i guess it's not that different if you're gonna quit your job and you have no income your runway is six months until you're broke or you need to go get another job again so it's it's similar in that ways um but since i had another position i was kind of switching over to um it wasn't really a runway and so that's why we chose to invest it into our businesses instead of just having it sit there in case you know, so everything went bad. So I just want to ask, um, are you still doing anything in the personal finance world? Because you did have pocketchange.com. Are you still like in connection with some of those guys? I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of them. Uh-huh. I don't 
write about it anymore. Uh, I still do have a personal finance product that people still buy. Okay. And I just this last year went to a financial bloggers conference because I had gone a couple years ago. Um, and I went there and I spoke on this kind of this runway thing, this how to bridge oh. the gap between working at a company to working for yourself um, and how to you know bridge that both financially and um, was that talk wise was so, that talk recorded and is it online for somebody to check out? It's recorded. I haven't posted it yet. okay um, but it it will be shortly, maybe by the time that this is this is out, depending on when you guys release it. Um, by the yeah, way, it, post it more podcasts, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always I'm always there refreshing waiting. Ah, uh, no. Well, you stopped, right? Aren't, aren't you like kind of putting in a hold for a little bit? Yeah, so it is on hold for a little bit. Um if I do start podcasting again solo, which I want to, um uh-huh. it'll probably be on a different topic. Um talking about entrepreneurship on multiple podcasts uh got redundant for me. Right, right. Um So that was that was why I haven't done another one of those in a while, but it it's always good to hear that people were listening. <laughs> So, you, you, you know, you get the download numbers, but you're like, uh, who knows? Yeah. You're you know? like, is this one person doing it 300 times? Like, yeah. You never know. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. So it, as far as um, your time in the personal finance world, who do you think out there is like a, a good blogger or somebody that people should be following? Well, it's a, Besides listen, money matters, me and me and Andrew. Yeah, of course, except right. for you guys, I can't really think of anyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there are a lot of people I respect. Uh, I really respected, or still do respect J.D. Roth, uh, who yeah. did Get Rich Slowly. I almost think that like there's so much stuff back in the archives before before he sold it and stopped writing on it as much that still is just great. Right. Um, Trent Ham at The Simple Dollar, I read so much of his stuff. Yeah, um, I read his books. And and his and his books too. Um, Ramit Sethi, if yeah. you are more in the the earning direction and going for big wins instead of frugality, um, his stuff has always been good. And obviously, if you're in personal finance, you probably heard of those people. Some of the other people that are doing really great stuff. Um, uh, budgets are sexy. Jay yeah. Money, who writes there. Um, we, we know Jay Money. Mr. Yeah. Money Mustache. Yeah, of course. Um, Trying to think, there's so many people in the um, personal finance I'm industry that I know through blogging and stuff too. So I'm sh- I'm shocked that you didn't mention Susie Orman or Dave Ramsey or any, any of those guys. I, I was never. I think I read one of Susie's books, uh, yeah. but I never read Ramsey's like Total Money Makeover or anything like that. Um, I was trying to go for like off the beaten path a little bit with the books, and I got a lot of the recommendations from Trent and JD and stuff back in the day. I mean. Reading books like All Your Worth, um, mm-hmm. Your Money or Your Life, which to me was like the book. Yeah, I, I read like, that too, yeah. Um, but I think like those were kind of the main two. Um, I never read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, I did. Yeah. A long time ago when that was. Millionaire Fast Lane, if you can get over some of the um, oh, cheesiness that? of it. The Automatic Millionaire. Remember that I haven't one? read that one, but Millionaire Fast Lane. He talks about like the slow lane, the fast lane, and like the sidewalk or something. Mm-hmm. And so, like that kind of analogy, like the sidewalk is people just like have no money and have like payday loans and stuff. Right. The slow lane is people that uh, work for a company their whole life and save percentage or whatever. So that's it's more geared towards like the personal finance reasons as to why you work for yourself. Right. Um, which Rich Dad Poor Dad I think is too a little bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but he yeah. also got really into scamming people, I think. 
I could be wrong, but he. No, I, I, my I brother went to a few of yeah. them at the local college, and he's like, "I think he's scamming us." I'm like, "Probably," but yeah. Uh, so I, I want to wrap things up. But Andrew, do you have any other questions or anything you'd I like mean, to talk about? I, I could probably ask Caleb questions all night, but yeah, what <laughs> time? Ask more. I'm good. What time do you have to go to bed? Or it's three o'clock over there, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so an hour. No. Yeah, it's not dark over there yet. Um, I, you know. I just want to say that um, what you guys are doing at Fizzle is awesome. The 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 podcast is pr- it's it's unfortunate that it's free because it's friggin' awesome. Like I wish yeah. you could charge. It's for something it. to look forward to during the week, like for real. So. You're the only pod. Yeah. That's the only podcast in my thing that like re- like refreshes that I even give any attention to. And it's and I'm doing podcasting, so I probably should listen to other ones, but. I mean, the, the, I mean, just look. I, I listen to Pat Flynn stuff. I listened. I, I've, I mean, I have. I don't subscribe to them anymore. But um, you guys have the best sounding one. Thank you. Like out of and I and I'm an audio engineer myself. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, with the strategically placed guitar in the background, see that? That's for when I do break out oh, the song. I have one too. It's kind of hidden back there. Yeah, we I can haven't just played it in a really long time, but it's like right there. This is Skype. Is backward. It's like a mirror. It's like over there. Okay, <laughs> we should we should just break out into like a random song, just just yeah. jam session, just bore everybody to death. <laughs> but yeah, the whole the whole sound piece there. That's that's Chase. I mean, it's a combination of having good equipment and then Chase really sweetening it up and sweetening it up and having a lot of attention to detail to how it sounds. Yeah, honestly. I know he's using a uh, Logic Pro to do all that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Yeah, because that's most most guys use GarageBand, which is what I'm currently using. But I also have Logic. But I just don't know if I want to get that crazy yet. Logic Pro 10 is just like GarageBand yeah, Pro. Yeah, at this point. It's not that much different. It looks exactly the same. Yep. Um, you can just do some really nice things with it. But yeah, there's a hour and a half long video of Chase editing a full episode of The Fizzle Show um, on his YouTube channel. Oh. So you can see how precise he gets with sweetening up our voices and how he does the... Um, that's really cool. The ducking yeah. of like swear words and stuff like that. Yeah, so. you know what? I'm gonna have to check that out because that would be interesting yeah. to me. But um, see, so, but you're not there when you guys record, right? You guys are you're you're out you're off in where do you live? Where are you living at now? San Diego, San Diego. And, and actually, Corbett right now he's in Mexico, and Chase moved back up to Portland. So oh, right, we're gonna be recording separately on three different Skype locations. So how, so how do, and now I'm getting into podcasting. I should probably talk about this off air since that's should probably have a podcasting podcast. I should have a podcasting <laughs> podcast. Um, or a podcast, right? Is that what you guys yeah, call it? Yeah. yeah. So listen, podcast matters. Yeah. Matt, Jim and easy. Maybe there's, there's always room, but, uh, all right. So to wrap up this podcast about the finance and business finance and stuff, yeah. um, I want you to give your best advice to, Either, and it's your choice, dealer's choice, okay. or I guess your choice. Taker's choice. Taker's choice. Uh, your best advice for a personal finance, like somebody who wants to control their own finances or mm-hmm. somebody who wants to control their business finances. And if you have one for both, that's great. I'll try to do one for both. So okay. personal, I would say that if you've never written down every single thing like we were talking about earlier, that to me like changed everything yep. back back, I don't know, four or five years ago. Um, hey, were you ever not, terrible with money? Well, like I said, like in college, I just like spent it all. Okay. And my whole thing was um, like I had student loans and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, I'll make money later. Like, yeah, that's how, like, okay. I, that was my whole like mindset when I was in college. Um, 
which was fine. I worked a couple jobs during the school year, and I had good internships in the summer, mm-hmm. which I made money at. But yeah, I wasn't someone that was like working forty hours and going to school just to like save up money to pay off my loans. I just I just racked them up or whatever. Right. So, but then right after I graduated college, and I just started writing down everything. Um, not only what you're spending each day, but earning like the money in and also like your account balances, like writing out all that and figuring out your net worth and just that whole process that a lot of like personal finance books have you do mm-hmm. that really opened my eyes. Um, for business finances, I would say to actually set some goals for each month, both mm-hmm. in income and expenses and try to reach them, try to stick to them, try to figure out ways that you can earn more and, and spend less because when you just run a business and you just like, oh, I mean, that's, I can write that off or whatever. Yeah, like, right. That's kind of the mindset that a lot of people have and Uh-oh. I'm guilty of it too, you know, where it's like, well, if I invest in this piece of equipment, yes, it will help me run my job or run my business better, but a lot of it's like, well, it's it's expensable, you know, it's right. You know, it's tax deductible, but that's not really a great way to look at it. A better way to look at it is, is whatever I'm spending money on going to turn into more revenue? Or am I just playing business and buying this stuff because I think I need to? Um, Yeah, I get that, yeah. Yeah, like, is having a nicer camera going to earn me more money? Well, your photos are going to be better and they potentially will impress more people that'll end up paying you money. So that's like a, that even alone is like a stretch Mm -hmm. of like whether or not you need a new camera. Mm -hmm. Um, But you do need the bare bones or at least the right equipment to do your job. So, but going to five or six photography conferences all over the country to go and party with your friends and not attend any of the sessions, that's probably not something that you should spend your money on. Yeah. But going to one or two and taking them seriously and really networking and really um, attending the classes and stuff there, then that probably is. So right. if you're going to spend money on your business, think about how it's actually going to make you money in, in eventuality um, and <laughs> actually use some logic in that. Just don't have like an excuse for like, oh, I need a, suck it, a second monitor because... I just need more screen space or yeah, something. Or I need a desk chair with, uh, you know, leather. And because yeah. of my, because my butt hurts, you know, yeah, just stand up yeah. and type, you know, yeah, stop exactly. being a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, Caleb, thank you so much for being on. You're actually, yeah, you're going to, you're actually our second, uh, guest we've ever had. Although cool. the first guy we had was just a, uh, just a listener. But you're our first like real big time celebrity. Uh, I don't know if I would use big time, but I'm 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 using it. Okay. Big time celebrity number one. <laughs> just just a, a monstrosity of a of a individual. So I don't even know if that's that's not the right, that's definitely not the right term. But I'm now, now try and say something to embarrass him. Uh, wadge bomb. <laughs> say a wadge bomb. You know what you should do? Just say the word fuck. Just just in as deepest voice you can. Right now? Yeah. There you go. No, no, louder. <laughs> I liked it. It loses, it loses its effect like louder you say it. I know. And it's like sounds harsh. We're not trying to be harsh. Right. But all right, Caleb, thank you so much. And um, 
I actually just want to recommend The Fizzle Show once again. You should check it out. It's on iTunes. Just type in – it's fizzleshow.com, right? You can find mm-hmm. the podcaster there. Yep. Uh, if, you, if you own a small business or you're looking to start a small business, fizzle.co. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, Andrew and I are both members. Uh, I think the going rate is 35 a month now, right? First yep. month's a dollar. Yep. So you can start it for a dollar. There's a shit ton – of videos and content that you can just i actually just watched that whole uh hour and a half interview with josh ship yesterday oh cool i watched That's, it on was it good wasn't it it was really good and I, and i what's what's great is i can just i have a couch here in my office and a uh-huh. big flat screen tv and an apple tv so i could just pull your stuff up on my apple tv and sit That's there what with I do it. too actually yeah. yeah and yeah that was a really 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 good interview and he's like you know he was a big uh a big guest and yeah, there's I mean, not just interviews but you guys yeah. have like how to's like you have a podcasting how to yeah. uh, a launch hot how to I've watched every single video <laughs> and even better than the videos I think is the forum and I'm not a forum guy but just yeah. going on there and talking to other people who are in the same boat who are entrepreneurs who are even mm-hmm. successful people that are on the uh, forum and people who are just getting started so you get to share what you're doing ask questions and there's there a lot of people there to help which has been extremely helpful which is why I'm a member. I mean, awesome. so watching the videos that come out and and the forums is just great. So yeah, and so what's your PayPal email for everything you just said there? I'll send you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I highly recommend Fizzle.co if you're again uh, looking to start a business. And if you're not looking to start a business, I think you should probably start a business because <laughs> why not make some extra money? I mean, there's there's only so much TV you can watch. You know, yeah. instead of going home and watching TV. And watching eight seasons of Dexter in a month, uh, <clears throat> like I just did, uh, you can, <laughs> you know, maybe do something else. But also, you have uh, CalebLogic.com, mm-hmm. and it's Caleb W. If you want to, if you want to get there without spelling yeah. his last name, but the if last you name get there faster, yeah, yeah, yeah. The last name is not too bad. It's W O J C I K. And we saw you looking at your notes there. I had uh, well, <laughs> I have to look at the notes when I have to spell my last name out. That's how bad it is. I'm like G I. Oh, hold on, there's a V. Uh, so again, thank you for being on the show, and I really appreciate it. And um, you know, is there any, if there's anything else, is there any time you want to come back? You're more than welcome. It'd be fun. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, this is fun. Now I want to go and listen to your other episodes. I only listen to like <laughs> cool. one or two to prepare. You know, yeah. You never want to go onto a podcast blind, or I don't like to. Right. Because you never know like what to expect, and that's the thing with podcasting is you can like get to know someone like uh-huh. as a stalker and just be like, "Oh, it's I perfect. totally know everything about you." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, we don't and we don't try to put on a radio voice or anything, so it's just you know we're about as real as you can get, right? Right, exactly, which is cool. So, all right, thanks so much, Andrew. I'll see you at another time. All right, bud. All right, bud. Later, guys. Later. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show and would like to hear more. Subscribe to the Listen Money Matters podcast and leave a positive review on iTunes. For more information, visit listenmoneymatters.com. Peach out, home slice.